What is going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And today it is a solo show, unfortunately. Uh, Cody has some other business to attend to, so uh, unfortunately he was not able to record tonight. But I am here, and I am ready to uh, talk about all things that is sports. Today was supposed to be our AFC West uh, record predictions, but we're actually going to hold off on to that until next week uh, when Cody can be here. But I do have some fantasy football uh, topics to go over. Um, I have my MLB Power 5 rankings, of course. And then uh, the KD situation going on in Brooklyn. We have the Lakers making a trade, excuse me. And then uh, we have some Raiders talk a little bit, too. As you can see, I am wearing my Raiders gear. So uh, anyway, really excited about today's episode and uh, nothing else to say other than let's get to it. All right, everyone. Yes, it is a solo show, unfortunately, but you know what? I'm still going to go strong. I'm super excited about this week's episode. I would be a little bit more if we had our AFC West predictions because Cody's been kind of teasing me on Marco Polo about his predictions. But, uh, you know, he has some other things that he's got to get to. So we are going to, well, I am going to hold down the fort until then. So uh, really looking forward to all of this. Um, Just want to say first off, first and foremost, please, guys, Everyone, go uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we're on all the social medias, also TikTok. Uh, they're all, you know, Drew Code, some sort of version on the, on there, and it'll be in the description. So if uh, if you don't know what our uh, tag or what the um, what our name is on on those social media platforms, you can just look through the description and go follow us. Um, we, you know. That always is appreciative. Also, uh, we thank you for subscribing or, and or just listening to the episode. If you are subscribed to uh, Drew Code um, on all the major podcasts, we appreciate that. If you are not, do so right now. Uh, we're on all the major ones, which is you know iHeart, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Also, yes, that's right. Uh, go check us out on YouTube. We just hit... 300 subscribers which was a huge milestone for us i know that may not sound like a lot to a lot of people but uh when we first started this 300 would have been mind-blowing so we do appreciate all the subscribers and keep uh liking and commenting on all of our all of our stuff we do love uh hearing all that so i got that kind of more out of the way because I don't want to have to do it towards the end. <laughs> but also, uh, go check out our partners over at fnxfitness.com, where they uh, do all the workout gear, all the workout supplements. Great stuff. Um, you know, Cody is more of the guy who ha- who buys all the gear. I'm the one who buys more of of the um, of the supplements. So, uh, and I swear by the supplements. I will. I, I will. I don't care how if like their shirts were absolute crap. I would love to, I would still go to this company just because of their supplements. They just have everything under the sun. They have vegan options. They have, you know, regular old, you know, protein options. They have like specific protein options for uh, someone who's doing a certain work. It's just, it's crazy. Go check them out. They do sell out very quick. So go check them out right away. 
Um, and you can also get 15% off by using our promo code, which will also be in the description. So thank you guys for all of that. We do appreciate that. And we appreciate our partners over at, um, over at FNX fitness. So, all right, well, enough, enough of all that stuff. I do want to say, uh, that we have a great show today. Uh, regardless if Cody is here or not, we're still going to go do, I still wanted to do the draft trade and pass segment that we did last week for the NFC West. I'm going to do that for the AFC West. And uh, hopefully when Cody is here next week, which will be our hundredth episode. uh, So that is a huge milestone again. uh, Really excited about that. And uh, we actually kind of have something planned that we're going to want to do. So please, if you are listening to this, definitely listen to uh, the next week's uh, podcast where we're going to have something very special uh, for you guys. So please and thank you uh, already on that. So um, I I do want to do the draft trade and pass. Like I said, uh, last week we did the NFC West. This week we're going to do AFC West. And I'll ask Cody these uh, next week for 100th. And uh, he can kind of answer them. That way uh, we get both perspectives because... I think Cody, you know, it's funny because him and I are usually pretty similar on our football on our football takes. Uh, A lot of the baseball takes, uh, he more or less kind of refers to me. Basketball, I think we're kind of usually polar opposites, uh, which I think you're going to find out pretty soon anyway. Um, But um, you know, fantasy football, I think we're usually pretty much on the same. Uh, on the same, you know, mindset, but there are a couple of um, different uh, roots that have sprouted uh, on on fantasy football. So this will be interesting. But nonetheless, let's start there. So let's start with the Chiefs. Uh, obviously, they are the uh, defending champs of the AFC West. Um, you know, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to be someone that everyone's going to go after. I try to make it where, you know, I'm not going to pick guys who are going to be uh, constantly, uh, you know, first, second, even possibly third round pick. I try to be pretty uh, even, even about it, but uh, some of them were harder than others, but the Chiefs were actually fairly easy. Uh, I didn't put Travis Kelsey in there again. You're going to draft him or Patrick Mahomes. You're going to draft him. So uh, it's just a matter of where. So, what I wanted to bring up was kind of the lower uh, echelon, if you will, of players. So who would you draft, trade, or pass on? And for me, this one was, I don't know, it was kind of simple, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I put Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and, um, of course, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um Right off the bat, I'm going to pass on on Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a good, decent receiver. But the issue with Marquez is he's the kind of guy who, you know, really has to get a streak, uh, basically. He's got to burn his guy. Um, he's not the best of route runners. He'll, he'll have a couple of good uh, games where, you know, he'll kind of go off, of course. And I think Patrick Mahomes, to be perfectly honest, call me crazy. I know a lot of people probably will disagree with this. But for me, I think um, Patrick Mahomes spreads the ball out and a lot more than Aaron Rodgers does. 
Now, I'm not saying that I think Mahomes is better than Rodgers, which I, I won't say it, but I, I do kind of. Um, but um, I do believe that Patrick Mahomes is not as scared to spread it out as Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I'm not saying he's terrible, but he does get comfortable with certain guys and he kind of relies on those guys. Uh, I'll, uh, you know, James Jones, um, um, man, I'm blanking, uh, Jordy Nelson, obviously recently, uh, Devonte Adams, he relied a lot on those guys, uh, when they were on his team, Randall Cobb was another one. So guys that he trusts, he just constantly goes to, which is fine. That, I mean, obviously it's worked out great for him, but with Mahomes, even though if he doesn't have that great, you know, buddy buddy relationship with some of his receivers, he still throws to him. I mean, uh, uh, Demarcus Robinson, who's was on the Raiders and now was signed to the Ravens. I mean, he's kind of not finding a, a fit anywhere else other than when he was with the Chiefs, which is crazy. Um, you know, guys like that, it, it's it's kind of like you know, I, I think I can't think of his first name, but Pringle was another guy that had a few like random just big games for the Chiefs so and a guy who probably would struggle to even be a number three option in any other offense even on the bad team so that's what I'm saying is Mahomes likes to spread it out and he doesn't care if he's buddy buddy with you or not he's going to trust he's going to throw it to you regardless and so I do think Marquez Valdez Scantling has some value but out of these three guys I think he's the low guy on the totem pole so I would pass on Marquez Valdez Scantling now having said all that I'm actually going to um, target Juju Smith. I think this one is kind of where it's like a 50-50 thing. I I do understand that Juju was on the Steelers team with a Ben Roethlisberger who was kind of downgrading. And like, you know, Big Ben was not really throwing. He didn't have the arm strength anymore. His accuracy was starting to dip a little bit as well. So, you know, there was a lot of, there were a lot of factors in, in Pittsburgh and a lot of people were saying, well, you know, Juju Smith, I mean, he was kind of struggling because of the quarterback that he had. But I would actually say that you can kind of say that Ben Roethlisberger wasn't as terrible as we were saying because, you know, Deontay Johnson was a big receiver for the Steelers. Uh, the rookie year of Chase Claypool was was huge. He was great. He had a great year. That was both of those both of those guys. We're with Big Ben. So, although you can say that Juju Smith wasn't really uh, getting a lot of the passes because of the emergence of Claypool, the emergence of, of Johnson, at the same token, you can say, but those guys, you know, had to create their own name. And Juju was really good with Antonio Brown, but then all of a sudden dropped off when he left. So, it kind of makes you think, is there a possibility that he needs he can't be the number one guy? He has to be maybe the number two or the number three guy. Um, and, and I would say that is a possibility. But I, at the same time, when he does have the ball, he is a big guy. He's not uh, one of those guys who is just like a weak, you know, fast receiver. He is a good slot receiver. 
But what I have noticed in the last couple of years is his separation is not there. He's not getting separation a lot. So I think he's going to benefit from being in the Kansas City offense where they create openings for you. So I think that will help him. Um, But that's why I'm a little hesitant, and that's why I'm going to say I'm going to target him. Because I do think that there is a version of Juju Smith-Schuster that is going to be phenomenal. But I also do feel like there is going to be a version of Juju that – you know, is going to be the same as we saw in uh, last year in Pittsburgh, which was a whole lot of nothing. Um, and he does have a lot of injuries. That's another concern for me as well. So uh, I would target Juju. And of course, now the only one left is I would draft Clyde Edwards Elaire. Um, here's my thing I do like Clyde Edwards Elaire uh, because of his catching ability. He hasn't really shown a lot as a just a pure running back. Uh, Now, of course, the NFL is kind of shifting away from all of that. So there is a possibility that, um, you know, you don't have to be this good running back anymore like a Derrick Henry. But I do feel like you do need that type of of ability in this game still. You still need to run the football, you know, and it has to be effective. And it can't just be solely relying on the line. As good as your offensive line is, there's still going to be times where it breaks down. So do you have a good enough running back who can, you know, get away from a few tackles and get to the past the line of scrimmage and possibly more? We don't know. So with Clyde Edwards Elaire, I don't think he's that type of back. I think he's more of the guy who um, you know, is probably gonna struggle most of the time uh if the offensive line breaks down. Uh, now, his catching ability is going to help him in a fantasy value, and that's why I would draft him because uh, because of the passing game with Kansas City Chiefs and because of Patrick Mahomes, uh, Clyde Edwards-Zillaire is always going to have a situation where he could possibly get a touchdown at any certain time or, you know, six catches and, you know, rush for 50, 60 yards and run in for another touchdown as well. So I think there is a version of that that will happen. Um, you know, again, injuries with him, he has had a few, but usually they're kind of like two, three, sometimes four, maybe even five weeks. Uh, but then he comes back. So, uh, you know, if he does get injured, yeah, you could miss him for a few weeks, but most of the time he is going to be coming back. So to recap, I would draft Clyde Edwards, Elaire, I would target Juju Smith and I would completely pass on Marquez Valdez Scantling. So, the second team on my list here is I have the Los Angeles Chargers. This one, I went with the higher-end guys a little bit more uh, just because they don't really have, uh, you know, the lower-end guys in terms of, like, uh, fantasy. (laughs) So, here's the list. I have, would I draft or trade or target or pass for Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, or Austin Eckler? As much as it pains me, I would I would absolutely draft Austin Eckler. I think this is kind of a no-brainer. Unfortunately, I was trying to avoid that. Uh, but, you know, the other option was, you know, a tight end, which I'm not sure about the tight end on, on the Chargers right now. And, and uh, Herbert, you know, come on. I mean, you're going to draft Herbert this year. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? Uh, even with a bad offensive line, this guy was absolutely torching. NFL defenses. So, I mean, let's be honest here. Um, so yeah, Austin Eckler would be the guy I would, I would, 
I would draft. I don't think I really need explanation. I mean, he's a guy who, who can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a guy who's actually proven that to get better and better uh, running during the year, like later in the year, like early in the year, the beginning, the first week, he's probably going to be like a 50, maybe 60 yard rusher. But like week nine, he's going to be like over 100 yards on on multiple games. So uh, Austin Eckler is a guy who has to kind of get in the groove. And the only thing I am worried about is his injury history. But the other two guys have had a lot of injuries and rarely have been on the field lately. So um, at least with Eckler, when he does get hurt, he's usually, again, like Clyde edwards Lair, he's not out for the season. He does miss a few weeks, but he does come back. So I like Austin Eckler. He would be the one I draft for. Target. Now, this might surprise people, but I would actually go Mike Williams. Mike Williams and, and Justin Herbert are have proven to me that they have a really good connection. Now, it could be that because, again, Keenan Allen has had a lot of injuries lately. He's getting a lot older. He's not getting as much separation Keenan Allen is a great route runner. He still is always going to be that. So he's always going to have, you know, probably five catches in a game at least. But with Mike Williams, he is that guy who has developed into a pretty good route runner. He's gotten better with his hands. And um, he is a guy who can go up and get the ball. Now, when he does that, he does get injured a lot. So that's another thing that I have to worry about. But. I think, call me crazy again, but I think Mike Williams is going to have the most uh, uh, receiving touchdowns from Justin Herbert, well, on the Chargers, period. I think he's going to have the most receiving touchdowns on that team this year. And the reason I do say that is because of Austin Eckler, because of Keenan Allen, and because of Justin Herbert, I think he's going to give uh, Mike Williams uh, a really good opportunity to go get balls and 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 single coverage and stuff like that so i really do feel like mike williams is a guy i would want to draft him to be perfectly honest i really wanted to put him in my draft i've liked him since he came out into the league i mean (laughs) i I really like mike williams but he struggled with injuries early he's kind of started had he had a healthy year this past year i think he got injured and was out for like two or three weeks and came right back uh, but I like Mike Williams. I think he's a really good receiver. And, and I again, like I said, I think he's going to lead the team in receiving touchdowns. I would pass on Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is a guy who has gotten older. Like I said, his separation isn't as good as it used to be. He can still get separation. He's a good route runner, so he's going to be able to do that. But I do feel like with his age, too, he's had a lot more drops than than we used to see. Uh, Keenan Allen, I was never really big on Keenan Allen, to be perfectly honest, and it's not because I'm a Raider fan. It is because I just felt like there was a lot of talk, but he seemed to have had like one or two drops like every single game. Like it wasn't just like every now and then. It was like it seemed every week he had one or two just big drops, like, you know, just mind blowing drops that were like wide open or you just try to run before without the ball. And I understand like these guys are, you know, professional athletes. These guys catch the ball in their sleep, but at the same time as a professional receiver, you have to remember that you got to go and catch the ball first and then you got to run. And he just seemed to always have those. So 
for me, I am going to actually pass on Keenan Allen. I, you know, hey, I could eat my words, and that's fine. I, I would, I will definitely live with that. Um, but um, man, oh man, I, I just, I, I like Mike Williams a lot more. He's a younger receiver. He's had a great year last year, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. And it's pretty much the same team, just a better offensive line. Uh, so I, I just think that Mike Williams is going to outperform Keenan Allen. And, and I think Justin Herbert has a really good, uh, relationship, uh, a better relationship with Mike Williams than Keenan Allen. So that's why. So to recap, I would draft Austin Eckler. I would target, excuse me, sorry. I would target Mike Williams and I would pass on Keenan Allen. So let's talk about, let's talk about the Broncos first. We'll save the best for last, the Raiders. <laughs> uh, but the Broncos. Now, this one was a little tough because I wasn't sure who's going to be the main running back, but it seems like it's going to be Javante Williams. So who would I rather draft, target, or pass? Uh, so I have Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, and Cortland Sutton. So automatically for me, I know a lot of people are going to say this is crazy. I'm passing on Javante Williams. The reason is, because there is still Melvin Gordon. Now, I know Javante Williams, he's this up-and-coming running back, blah, blah, blah. He's doing this and that. Listen, it was a rookie year. I get scared on guys who are who were so successful in their first year, and then their second year, the defenses know how to figure them out. Look at the numbers with Saquon Barkley. He had a huge rookie season, and then in his second year, he did kind of have a little bit of a struggle. Now, he still got over a thousand yards, but his touchdowns dipped. Uh, he did get injured. There was just a lot of factors that happened. His his pass catching ability slowed down a little bit. So there there was a lot of that was going on. So I I get nervous when we talk about second year guys where defense NFL defenses have had a whole year to plan against you. Now receivers are usually a little different for me, but with running backs and I don't think the Denver Broncos offensive line is as good as maybe they're making it seem like because I do feel like because of the presence of Russell Wilson, the ability to um, get outside the pocket, make these throws, whatever it may be, I think that kind of makes you think, oh, the offensive line is a lot better because he never gets hit. Well, you know, I, I think Russell Wilson is is talented, but I do think that affects the run game. And I didn't. Th- I thought Javante Williams had a nice year, but I didn't think he was all this great thing. There was a, there was a couple of games where Melvin Gordon was way better than Javante Williams in some games. So for me, I'm passing on Williams. Call me crazy, but um, you know, honestly, in fantasy drafts, I'm really trying to avoid Bronco running backs because I do feel like it's kind of one of those who's playing better at this time, and then that person's going to get the majority of the carries. Um, who would I Who would I target? I think I'm going to target Cortland Sutton. The reason being, as much as I would say I would want to draft Cortland Sutton, I think I'm going to target him. And the reason is because he does have a lot of injuries. The last couple of years, he has been hurt. Like every these last two years, he's just been new injury after new injury. So it's been a little frustrating. He's got a lot of talent, but I do think Jerry Judy has better hands and is a better route runner than Cortland Sutton. And that's why I would draft Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy has been 
nothing but spectacular since he's been in the league. Um, he's had a he's had a bit of a learning curve, but I do also believe that Jerry Judy is a guy who is going to be one of those possession receivers. Cortland Sutton is more of the guy that you would get to on a wide receiver screen and just let him, you know, do his own thing. But Jerry Judy is more of the guy that you're going to go to when you need, you know, on a third and five, you're going to run a slant, you're going to run a, a quick curl, like a three-yard curl, and let him get to the first down marker. He's just a possession, you know, uh, type of receiver, and I like those guys a lot. Um, he is a guy that I think is going to be completely dangerous in this offense. I think Jerry Judy is the one you draft. I think you should target Cortland Sutton, but be aware of his injury history. And I think you should pass on Javante Williams. So last but certainly not least, the Las Vegas Raiders, baby. That's right. All right. I almost put Devonte Adams just because I wanted to have Devonte Adams on the list, but I thought, again, that's unfair. Everyone's going to pretty much draft him. Um, you know, I thought about putting Derek Carr in replacement him because I know there's still a lot of people who are hating on Derek Carr. I don't believe in him. You know, first of all, you're wrong. But anyway, um, so here's what I put. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, or Josh Jacobs. Draft, target, or pass. This is a tough one. I... Boy, oh boy. I have no idea. First of all, I'm going to pass on Josh Jacobs. I think I love Josh Jacobs. I think he's a great running back. No question about it. But at the same time, I do feel like Josh Jacobs with the whole, you know, he started the Hall of Fame game. And, you know, Cody did bring up a good point that there was talks that they might trade him. We don't know. I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they want to keep him for the whole year, uh, unless, you know, this year turns out to be a complete disaster, then I think they will try and trade him. But for all intents and purposes, I think they're going to keep him. Um, and for me, to be perfectly honest, I do feel like Josh Jacobs has had a lot of injuries. He's a guy who just seems to be hurt constantly. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he's got this great talent. He doesn't shy away from contact, but then you kind of look at all the injuries that he starts to kind of accumulate a little bit. And then you're kind of like, maybe, maybe avoid those hits. <laughs> I know you're a big guy, but maybe try to avoid those a little bit more. And with the, with, uh, what the talk is about Zamir White, um, in, in camp right now, it's Zamir White has been so good that the Raiders were okay with letting go of Kenyon Drake because it looked like it was going to be Jacobs Drake and then a little bit of sprinkle of White. Well, now with Drake coming off of the injury and they said, you know what, we're going to let you go, that tells me that White is doing really well. And if I'm Josh Jacobs, that has to put a fire on my butt because I need to get going. I got to play well, and I cannot get hurt. So I think you're going to see a good year from Josh Jacobs, no question about it. But if it's between these three, I think it's going to be a pass on Jacobs just because there is a possibility that Zamir White is going to see a, a lot more time as well. So uh, they might be splitting 50-50. It might be a 60-40, but uh, that's still that's a lot of – that 40 is a big chunk. And when you're talking about fantasy football. So 
Um, so I'm going to pass on Josh Jacobs. I am going to target. This might surprise a lot of people. I'm going to target Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is a fantastic receiver. Fantastic receiver. One of the most underrated players in the NFL. He should have been in the top 100 uh, players in the NFL. I know it's it's a player-based thing. Yada, yada, yada. Talk, talk, talk. Even Charger fans, you have to admit, if Derwin James is saying, hey, Hunter Renfro, that dude is different, then there's something to that. You know, I'm not, I'm a Raider fan, but I can also sit back and say when someone is a great player, someone's a good player, whatever. Listen, I understand Derwin James is a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal safety. He's someone that I would love to pick up if he became a free agent. Not going to shy away from that at all. And if he's saying that Hunter Renfro, that dude is different, then maybe there's some merit to that, okay? Uh, I'm so sick of hearing about all these Charger fans, you know, basically dumping on the Raiders. Oh, well, this guy is trash and, you know, the Raider team is no good and blah, blah. Listen, you guys lost to us when you had the chance to beat us and you didn't, okay? We could talk about should they have called the timeout. Oh, the Raiders were going to win anyway. Uh, let's, let's be honest, okay? The Raiders won fair and square. So let's let's stop the little crying about, oh, the Chargers, they're way better this year. Well, we got to see how you play first because you guys thought you guys were going to be way better last year and you didn't get in the playoffs because the Raiders beat you. Okay, let's let's put that aside, okay? Just needed to get that out. Anyway, so if your own guy is saying that Hunter Renfro is different, do not come at me, Charger fans. Saying that, oh, Hunter Renfro, he's not that good. He shouldn't be a top 100. Derwin James, your own player, is saying that Hunter Renfro is that type of dude. Okay? Hunter Renfro is a beast of a receiver. My only concern and why I would put Waller as my draft is Hunter Renfro is better in the slot. But now guys are starting to kind of notice. But there are also some games where it seems like Renfro just can't get going. Like, he'll have, like, three or four catches in a game, but he'll have, like, maybe, you know, 26 yards or something. And it just doesn't – sometimes the connection isn't always there with Carr. Not saying that it's a Carr thing or a Renfro thing. It just seems like sometimes defenses do kind of figure out how to cover Renfro. Now, we don't know what the coverage is going to be like – excuse me – we don't know the, what the coverage is going to be like with Devontae Adams and then on Renfro and Darren Waller as well. But I do feel like Renfro is a fantastic route runner, but he's not going to get a ton of touchdowns. He may be one of those guys who gets like six touchdowns on the year, maybe seven touchdowns, but for the most part, he's not going to be a high touchdown guy. He's going to be more of a catch uh, you know, receptions type of a guy. So that's why I'm going to put Darren Waller because I think Waller is going to be huge in the red zone this year. McDaniels has made a point in training camp that the Raiders are going to be good in the red zone. That is something that Gruden never did. So where's the first person you would go to besides Devontae Adams? I think it's going to be your your giant tight end Darren Waller uh so yeah Darren Waller is going to be targeted a ton in the red zone not only that I think Darren Waller has something to kind of prove I think he's been really disrespected 
uh, in this last year because Travis Kelsey, you know, they're George Kittles, the Mark Andrews, the Kyle Pitts. I'm saying it now. I think it is crazy to put Kyle Pitts ahead of Darren Waller. We've seen one year of Kyle Pitts. Now, if you're predicting that you think Kyle Pitts fantasy-wise will score more than Darren Waller, I have no problem with that. But if we're talking about pure talent, Darren Waller is better than Kyle Pitts right now. Kyle Pitts has had one year. I think he's phenomenal. I am trying to get him in almost all my drafts. But at the same time, I would much rather have a Darren Waller just because I've seen it multiple years now with the same team. So I go with the for sure guy. I like Darren Waller. I think he's the one that you draft. So to recap, I didn't recap the Broncos. So I'm going to recap the Broncos. Then I'll recap the Raiders. Recap on the Broncos. I said I would draft Jerry Judy. I would target Cortland Sutton. And I would pass on Javante Williams. And for the Las Vegas Raiders, I am going to draft Darren Waller, target Hunter Renfro, and I'm going to pass on Josh Jacobs. So there you go. That's my fantasy tidbit here. So what I am going to do now is I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I have basketball, I have baseball talks, and I have a little bit more Raiders talk if I get to it. So uh, stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. All right, everyone. I am back. That's right. So I wanted to bring up my top five uh, power rankings for MLB, as I have been doing every single week that I'm on here. (laughs) Um, So it's pretty much the same. Uh, nothing really has changed. Uh, I have the Dodgers at one. I have the Astros at two. I have the Mets at three. I have the Yankees at four, and I have the Braves at five. I almost put the Braves at four, put the Yankees at five. But what I the reason I put the Yankees at four is, listen, yes, they haven't been winning as much. You know, there's they've had a few losses here and there and and whatnot. But listen, the last ten games for the Yankees, they're five and five. The last four games, they've won all four. They're on a four-game winning streak. And as I've said before, the run differential, excuse me, they have the um, second-best run differential in the majors. And they were losing, like, last week when we were recording, they were playing the Blue Jays. They lost by seven runs and still were second in the league in run differential. That's a huge stat, okay? So... I know a lot of people are a lot lower on the Yankees than they were before, but I actually am still very high on the Yankees. I think again, Aaron Judge is starting to get into a groove now. They're right now they're in a they're in a fight with the A's right now. So of course you can kind of say, well, that's why they're winning a lot of games, blah blah blah. Listen, I'm not saying that the A's are, you know, a spectacular team, but I do also think that the Yankees have to perform. I mean, when you're on a losing streak, you're on, I mean, when you're losing, you're losing to anybody. And I'm a Giants fan, and right now, we just lost to the Twins 9 to nothing, and we shouldn't. We shouldn't be losing by nine runs and scoring nothing against the Twins. I do think the Twins are a good team, but I also think that we're, at least equal to them and we're just not doing it. So for me, I that's what I'm saying is even though it is against the A's, I do think however the Yankees are still playing 
really well. And this is uh, one of those types of series that the Yankees are going to get momentum. They're going to start playing really well. And, you know, looking at their, um, at their schedule ahead here, let's see, we have the A's for uh, two more games. Saturday, as I'm recording on Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then they play the Angels, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, have pretty much given up. Um, the Rays are going to be somewhat of a fight. Then they play the Twins, and then they play the Rays again, and then they have a two-game set against the Red Sox. So by the time they get to the Rays, they have a pretty good mom. They have a lot of good momentum going into the Rays series and then into the Twins, which will be at home, and then they're playing the Rays again at home. So, you know, they're away right now, but the away games that they're playing should be games that they should win. So I really do like the Yankees going forward. I think their starting rotation has kind of started to do what they thought, what we thought they were going to do, which is they're going to struggle. They're going to have some issues. Um, you know, they're going to give up a few big runs here and there, but for the most part, I do feel like, um, you know, the Yankees starting rotation is better than most. I just don't think it was this high powered, you know, starting rotation that everyone was saying it was because it wasn't, it was just, they were really doing a great job. And then it helps when you have guys like Aaron Judge who are constantly crushing baseballs. So, you know, there you go. Um, you know, I have the Braves underneath them. Listen, they do. Yes, you're right. The Braves have a better record. I understand that. But again, it's because of the run differential that I have the Yankees ahead of the Braves. I think the Braves are a phenomenal team. The last 10 games, they're eight and two. They're on a four game winning streak. They just beat the, uh, the Cardinals 11 to four. And then they play, you know, the Cardinals, uh, again tomorrow. So the Braves have a good team. They have an excellent team. I'm not as sold on their starting rotation as the Yankees, to be frank. I really don't like a lot of the Braves starting rotation. I really don't. I think they have an okay bullpen. I think, you know, Dylan Lee has been has been really good for them. But overall, the Braves, I don't know. I just the pitching is what makes me pause a little bit. I, I don't think it's everything that everyone wants to say it is. I mean, Max Freed, I like him, but he's kind of one of those guys who's a hit and miss type of guy. I don't think he's a shutout guy. Uh, Kenley Jansen has been a nice addition for the, for the Braves. He's been a nice closer. Um, you know, again, he's not who he used to be, but he's got an ERA of 3.04. I mean, not terrible. He's got 29 saves, 64 strikeouts in 47 games. So he's striking, you know, he's, Got a good strikeout to to inning ratio. Um, the only thing is his whip is 1.01. So he's allowing someone on base every time he goes out there, um, which can be dangerous for a closer. Now he is 5-0, and so I guess you can you can add that. But Colin McHugh, I don't think he's who he, who he once was. Jake Odorizzi, he's a nice player. Charlie Morton, he's an old guy who's been kind of successful this year, but I don't think he's going to continue that come, you know, postseason play. Um, you know, I don't know what the heck the Braves are doing with their catchers. I mean, William Contreras was a 
all-star, yet Travis Darno is kind of outperforming him most of the time, so that's kind of weird. Matt Olson has been on absolute tear. Austin Riley has been MVP level. Dansby Swanson has had a really nice year. Uh, and then Marcelo Zuna, you know, DUIs, hitting your wife and stuff. Not a real fan of him. Uh, but, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr., he's, you know, he's not, you know, hitting what we thought he was going to. But he's hitting 274. He's only got 10 home runs, so the power isn't there yet. But he does have 25 stolen bases. So, you know, I think his knee is fine. Uh, Robbie Grossman has been a nice villain. Eddie Rosario kind of coming in here and there. So they, and, uh, Aredia, um, is, is a nice player too. So they have a really good lineup, really good, um, you know, really good pitching overall. But I think, uh, the starting rotation and bullpen does lack a little bit, uh, for my taste. So that's why, um, now the only thing with the Mets, I actually thought about putting them second. But they are very, very reliant on Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer, as most teams would. Okay, so let me start off by saying that. But they are kind of benefiting of playing the Rockies right now. They just had a um, few games against the Yankees, and they ended up, I believe they split, didn't they? Let me check that. Sorry, I'm doing it here in life. No, I'm sorry. They, they were swept by the Yankees. It was only a two-game series, but they were swept by the Yankees. And to be perfectly honest, they should have at least split the games with the Yankees. And if any of the New York teams were going to sweep each other, I thought it would be the Mets. Now, it was in the Yankees, uh, in the Yankees stadium. But at the same time, I think the Mets are a better team overall than the Yankees. So I'm a little, I'm pausing on the Mets, you know, they're going to be, you know, the World Series. They're going to be in the World Series or in the NLCS because that does make me slightly concerned that they couldn't even put out one win against the Yankees. That they were pretty much. I mean, you can call it a sweep because even though it's two games, it was they still didn't win any of those two games. So, um, but listen, I do think that Pete Alonso has started to kind of roll a little bit. Mark Hanna has starting to hit really well. Starling Marte, I feel like, has been completely underrated all year long. Francisco Lindor, I think, again, very underrated all year long. Their bullpen and, and their rotation is, I think the rotation is probably the best in, in baseball right now uh, when you talk about um, everyone who, uh, even if everyone was healthy, I mean, you could make an argument that the Mets have the best rotation, so... Astros and Dodgers. I mean, there's not really much to say other than the Astros have been absolutely consistent all year long as much as everyone hates the Astros. Listen, uh, they're playing great baseball, and they're getting hot at the right time. They have a couple of injuries right now, so we'll see how they continue all of that. But, um, you know, the Dodgers, I mean, what is what is there to say? <laughs> I mean, what is there to say? Uh, the Dodgers... Lost Walker Buehler not only for the remainder of this year, but the whole year next year, possibly. He could maybe come back, but it, it doesn't look like it will, or like he will. Um, and and the uh, they're still winning. They're still the best record in baseball by six games. Uh, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10, and they're still number one in run differential. Oh, they're very close to having over 100 uh, 
over second place, which is the Yankees, who are plus 197. The run differential for the Dodgers is a plus 279. So pretty close to almost being <laughs> over 100 uh, in run differential. So this team is still cruising. This team is still dominant. Uh, their lineup can score a ton of runs if their rotation is kind of struggling. So there you go. So I have Dodgers at one, Astros at two, Mets at three, Yankees at four, and to round it out, I have the Braves at five. So guys, that is it for baseball. I wanted to talk about some basketball. Yes, that's right. Kevin Durant. Um, Oh, man, he's going to stay with the Nets. Um, and, uh, you know, it. listen, I don't know how this is going to go. I really don't know how this is going to go. I think he's – I think it was maybe a strategy for either Kevin Durant's people or the Nets or both. And we're saying, hey, listen, let's just say that we're all cool. It's all kumbaya over here. Uh, but we'll figure it out so that way the media can kind of stay out of it. That way we're not getting questions about it as much anymore and blah, blah, blah. I really do think that is prop the most likely scenario of what's happening because I don't think all of a sudden Kevin Durant's like, okay, I'll play here. I think there was a lot of, hey, I want to be traded, and then Kevin Durant was hearing a lot of teams don't want you. They're afraid that you're going to do this to them. And I think Kevin Durant is trying to save face a little bit and basically, um, you know, renew his his likability that he had in the NBA. Um, Because I really don't think Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons are going to work in Brooklyn. Why do I think that? Uh, Because last year it didn't. I know they were without Ben Simmons. Spare me with this. They had a guy who was a great defensive guy. They traded him away, Jared Allen. Uh, and so then you saw, okay, well, what about Ben Simmons? Well, Ben Simmons, first of all, is not going to shoot. He's going to pass. So they're going to rely even more on Kevin Durant than they already were. And then Kyrie Irving still thinks that he should have the ball at all times. And it's like, dude, you shouldn't. Don't pass the ball. Get rid of it. Get out of here. Go away. And he won't. He'll just continue to stay there. So (laughs) Kyrie Irving, I don't know what to expect with him. Listen, if he came to Lakers, I would definitely root for him. There's no question about it. But I honestly, I've even contemplated, would it be better? Would I rather have Russell Westbrook, who at least is going to try every single game? If he's healthy, he is going to play. He is going to try and give his everything, his all. He will put his body on the line for that team. Whether he makes his shots or not, I really don't care. At least he's putting the effort. Kyrie Irving, he may make some of his shots, but his attitude and him not playing a few games because he doesn't want to is really concerning, and I do not want that. So would I take Russell Westbrook over Kyrie Irving? If we're just talking about as a role player for the Lakers, actually, yeah, I would take Westbrook over Irving. Now, I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I do also think that it kind of makes sense because at least Russell Westbrook is going to play hard for your team, whether Patrick Beverly is on his team or not. And so we move into the trade that the Lakers made. The Lakers traded 
THT and Stanley Johnson for Patrick Beverly. I was shocked. Um, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> but listen, same thing that I said about Russell Westbrook a second ago kind of goes for Pat Beverly. No matter what you think, is he a great shooter? No. Can he make some of his shots? Yes. He he can hit some occasional three. Um, he's a great defender. He's a he's just uh, he's always there. I mean, he is just um, a tedious defensive guy. He is always going to be right there wherever the ball is. Um, Pat Beverly is is a good player. Oh, I I think he's an okay player. Okay, he's a great defensive player. Um, he's a bad offensive player. But for the most part, he is going to uh, bring some energy. So when you talk about Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly, we can make all the we can make all the jokes. Oh, you know, they're going to hate each other, blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada, yada. Yes, yes. Okay, they've had their tips. But listen, they're going to make it they're going to make it work because they're on the same team. Okay, they're not going to be constantly fighting, whether people think so or not. They're not going to do it. They're not going to show it in the limelight. But at the same time, this is going to create more um, energy for this whole team. THT, you can say what you will. He wasn't that great of a scorer. He had some good shots. Cody even said, like, you know, I would like to have kept them because, you know, um, they... They're, they're good players, they're developing players, yada, yada, yada. But in the same breath, he was also saying, well, the Lakers, you know, they don't really develop very well, but I think they would be okay. Listen, the Lakers don't develop well. That's plain and simple. We've seen it year after year after year now. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, uh, Julius Randle. I mean, guys like that were coming into the Lakers organization, were coming out, and were being better when they were away from the Lakers. So in the same tone, we can say what we will about THT and Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson was a nice wing defensive player, but was he doing anything offensively? No. Was he creating any type of energy for the Lakers? Not really. THT, same thing. He wasn't a great defender. He was kind of a liability on defense. And in the same breath, he wasn't really that, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't like a, a knockdown shooter, spot up shooter. He just really wasn't doing, he could drive to the rack okay. He kind of missed a few layups here and there. But, um, and he had a good, he had a good jump shot here and there. But for the most part, he just wasn't like scoring how we would really want him to. So I'm okay with the trade with Pat Beverly. I don't think it's great, but I also don't think it's the end of the world. Um, I do, it was kind of a head scratcher to be perfectly honest, just because I was like, I know Westbrook and, Beverly are not cool, but this kind of does send a message that I think there is something going on with Westbrook where I don't think he's going to be a Laker for much longer. I don't know why or how or what's going to be transpire here, but I do feel like that does. That's why Beverly is on the team because eventually Westbrook will not be. Um, that's kind of just my take on that, but I, you know, we'll see. And last and certainly not least, I did want to bring up another Raiders topic. Yes, I'm wearing my Raiders gear, so i got to talk about a, f- a little extra Raider thing. A big story uh, in the Raiders community, Raider Nation here, is um, Alex Leatherwood. Uh, last year's uh, first-round pick, 
by the Raiders, by John Gruden. That was his last, well, last first round pick. Um, Alex Leatherwood was came out of Alabama, and the, this guy is a, a better run blocker than anything. He is someone that Raider Nation thought could be really good, potentially. Um, but he's really struggled in this offense so far. He's really struggled to where there's talks coming out of Raiders camp that there's a possibility that he could be released and or traded. Now, let me say this. I think if one of those team one of those two things had to have ha- had have to happen, man, it's hard to talk. If one of those two things have to happen, I don't think he's going to be released. As much as I think Raider Nation would love for him to just hey, let's get rid of him, let him go somewhere else. Listen, no matter what, he's still only a second-year offensive lineman. So he's going to have somewhat of a market. Okay, so you don't want to lose a guy that you can actually get something back in return if possible. With Alex Leatherwood, whether or not he, you know, is being successful right now, he did come out of Alabama, which is a big time uh, run first offense or used to be at least. Um, And he also is a big offensive lineman. He has had somewhat success. Now, last year he struggled with uh, with penalties, so that's one thing that they're going to have to coach out of him. But also, he was kind of being moved around a lot. He was a tackle, then he was a guard, and then he kind of was a tackle again, and then he was kind of a guard at the end. So he's just kind of like trying to learn everything. It's not really working out for him. Um, listen, I think they're going to ride it out with him. I think it's only two years that he's been in the league. Josh McDaniels probably, if he was, if he was going to do make a move on Alex Leatherwood, he would trade him rather than release him because he knows that he can get at least something back for him. Now, what you would get back for it, I would probably say maybe a fifth round pick, maybe at best a fourth round pick, but I doubt that. I think fifth round is probably where you're going to get, um, or you know, trade for another offensive lineman. Uh, trade him to a team that is in rebuild, like a Houston Texans, um, like a uh, I'm trying to, like a you know Seattle Seahawk type team, whatever it may be, where you can get something in return, where you could use now or later, um, where also he can learn and develop over on a team that uh, you know can has time to develop him because right now the issue in with the Raiders is they're in a win-now type of a, of a mode. So with Alex Leatherwood not being quite there and trying to have to develop him, it's not a necessity for the Raiders to do that. They need to win now. They don't have the time to really focus on Alex Leatherwood and get him right. Um, you know, they can try a, at least a little bit and maybe, you know, send him to, uh, you know... Uh, maybe a a psychologist or something, maybe something in his head. But for the most part, the Raiders really have to more focus on, Hey, we're trying to win now. So you, there is a possibility that he could be traded, but I don't think I would say it's about a, a 5% chance that he is released. I really don't think they would do that, but who knows? I could be completely way off here, but I do feel like it's more likely that he would be traded rather than released. So, Uh, But 
as a Raider fan. I kind of hope they keep him uh, because we've kind of lost a, a lot on our offensive line. And so anything and everything can, you know, a little bit help. So if we are going to trade Alex Leatherwood, we better get an offensive lineman back versus just a draft pick, which I think is really what you would more likely get would be a draft pick rather than getting a guy now uh, to help you on your offensive line. So that would be my worry. I think, I think we're just going to have to ride it out with him, unfortunately. So anyway, that is all for me, guys. I do appreciate um, everything uh, that you guys have done for uh, Cody and I. We, we appreciate that. Um, all the subscriptions on YouTube, uh, subscriptions on the on the major podcast site, all of that. We appreciate all of that. Thank you guys so much for continuing your support and uh, really looking forward to fantasy football, which I have drafts coming up uh, starting this week, this weekend. So uh, really looking forward to that. I think uh, me and my wife are going over how many uh, fantasy leagues I'm in. I'm actually in the most that I've ever been. Uh, last year, I just wanted like two. This year, I have like five or almost maybe six. And so I'm just like, man, I, uh, this is not what I wanted, but I'm, you know, Hey, I'm not going to complain about it. It'll, it'll be fun. Um, but I'm really looking forward to fantasy football this year. And I'm looking forward to the NFL season because Raiders, baby, I think they're going to be really good this year. So we'll see. Um, but anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I do appreciate that. Um, like I said in uh, the beginning of the episode, our hundredth episode, uh, we have something very special going on. So you're gonna you don't want to miss it because it is going to involve well you guys. Um, you know if you don't usually watch on YouTube, I would suggest watching on YouTube because we're going to have questions live. And if that doesn't work out, we may have, um, you know, put in your submissions on either any of the social media sites or whatever. But main thing is, if you want the prize, go to YouTube. Yes, there is a prize. And I promise you, you're not going to want to miss it. So go to YouTube next week on, it's going to be on Thursday, probably around nine. You're going to want to go on Drew Code Sports Talk, watch our live show, and wait for when we ask these questions so you guys can get a prize. So, just want to put that out there. Go check it out, um, and um, you know we'll we'll definitely put up some uh, some good stuff for you guys. Uh, thank you again. Like I said, go follow us on all the social media sites: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Follow us, rate and review on the podcast. Uh, five star would be great, but if it is a one star, let us know what you didn't like so we can kind of uh, fix that. And uh, I think that's it, man. Uh, I'm probably missing a ton of things, and Cody's probably yelling at me, but uh, there's a lot going on. Appreciate all you guys' love and support, and uh, hey, we'll see you next week. And again, don't miss next week. Your mind is a weapon, 11 11 is time for progression. The other way, what I'm doing ain't easy. Bloody hands stain from the people who deceive me. Bloody hands break through the chains, go free.